the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. Welcome in on a Monday to another edition of Locked On Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad everyone is with me on this beautiful Monday in the state of Oklahoma. This is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network in the country. Glad everyone is with me on this Monday. You can hit me up on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked On Pokes. Hope everyone had a great, long Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, It was good for Oklahoma State basketball, not so much for Oklahoma State football. Uh, Oklahoma State lost to OU in the Bedlam Series 34-16 on Saturday night in Stillwater. It was a game that Oklahoma State managed to keep close enough and keep competitive for a while, and then eventually Oklahoma just uh, pulled away. Oklahoma State, you know, you kick field goals against Oklahoma, it's going to get you beat. Mike Gundy acknowledged as much after the game. He, He just said, you know, against a team that's that explosive, you can't kick field goals and expect to win. And yet Oklahoma State never really had that good chance to go for it on fourth and goal. You know what I mean? Uh, A fourth and goal from the two-yard line in a situation, uh, you you know, where you're down by 14, something of that nature. It it was always, uh, you know, you're down by... 10, you kick the field goal on fourth and goal from the eight, and it cuts it back to seven, you know, things like that. Oklahoma State drove down, scored a touchdown on the opening drive of the game, and then failed to get in the end zone the rest of the way. Uh, I thought Drew Brown was fine. He threw the one interception late whenever he was attempting to make a play on fourth down. You don't hold that against him. It's one of those things on fourth down, you throw that ball up and you just hope for the best, uh, and it was picked off. So he was 22 of 32, 207 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. Chuba Hubbard, 24 carries, 104 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, I'll be real honest. I think Saturday night against Oklahoma might have cost Chuba his trip to New York. Uh, and, And my reasoning is pretty simple. There were more eyes on Chuba Hubbard Saturday night than there have been this entire season. And the way, the the timing at which Spencer Sanders' injury came in, I think also uh, had a large large part in potentially costing Chuba his trip to New York. Now, maybe he still gets there. We'll see how the voting breaks out. But we all saw when Spencer Sanders went down, it completely changed the dynamic of the Oklahoma State offense. Oklahoma State is now without two of its three best players, Tylen Wallace, who allows you to be explosive in the passing game, and Spencer Sanders, who allows you to have a, a dual threat in the running game. Now you have to worry about Spencer, and then Chuba is able to get free. So the entire dynamic of the offense changed, and Oklahoma State scored three touchdowns in two weeks. Oklahoma State uh, failed to get in the end zone for three and a half quarters against Oklahoma. Oklahoma State kicked a lot of field goals. Chuba Hubbard barely got over 100 yards rushing two games in a row. And the timing of the Spencer Sanders injury, well, when did Chuba Hubbard start to get all of his real Heisman hype? It was after the TCU game, right? Breaks a couple of big runs, goes for 220. First individual rusher, Gary Patterson, has had to go over 20 yards. In uh, 200 yards in his time at TCU. So Chuba Hubbard gets all of his Heisman hype, and it all comes right as Spencer Sanders gets injured. So now, at the time of the season, when more eyeballs are on Chuba Hubbard than they've been the entire season, remember, Chuba Hubbard's best game came against who? Kansas State. That game was on ESPN+. Plus. It was delayed an hour due to rain. I- I'm telling you, 
SEC, Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12, Heisman voters from other parts of the country did not know what the hell was going on in Stillwater, Oklahoma, the night Chuba Hubbard ran for 296 against Kansas State. The hype wasn't there yet. It was an ESPN Plus game. It was delayed by rain for an hour. It, it just didn't have enough eyeballs. So Spencer Sanders get hurt, gets hurt, changes the, the dynamic of the offense entirely, and then Chuba Hubbard, through no fault of his own, defenses, West Virginia and Oklahoma, both game-planned to stop Chuba Hubbard. They both held him to about four yards per carry, and he had his two worst games of the season against West Virginia and Oklahoma in the two last games of the season uh, when the most eyeballs were on him. So it was a phenomenal, phenomenal season from Chuba Hubbard. Uh, that, that's not to take anything away from him. I just really think the Spencer Sanders injury and the timing of it could end up costing him a trip to New York, which is a shame because I think for 10 weeks prior to his quarterback getting hurt, star receiver being out, now the entire dynamic of the offense has changed. I really think Chuba Hubbard was one of the handful of best players in the country, but I think the most eyeballs from around the country were on him in the final two weeks of the season when Oklahoma State's offense as a whole, not just Chuba Hubbard, was unable to be explosive and unable to be dynamic uh, because they were just too injury-ridden. Chuba Hubbard did tweet out yesterday afternoon. He said, thank you, Cowboy Nation, for a great year. Now, read into that, whatever you may. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't read too much into it. Maybe he plays in the bowl game. Maybe he doesn't. I'll, I'll say this. Oklahoma State went 8-4. and four. Uh, It's about where most people had him. That's where I had him was at 8-4. and four. If Chuba Hubbard decides not to play in the bowl game, I would not blame him for one second. Uh, I, I, quite frankly, look, I would love – Love, love, love to cover an offense with Spencer Sanders, Tylen Wallace, and Chuba Hubbard all coming back for a year. Spencer being more polished, not making some of the mistakes that he made in the Texas Tech and Baylor games, and Oklahoma State having a real chance to compete for the Big 12. I would absolutely love for that to take place. But Chuba Hubbard needs to go to the NFL, y'all. You, you, you don't rush for 2,000 yards, uh, nearly 2,000. He'll get there if he plays in the bowl game and take 300-plus hits on your body and then come back for another season and improve your draft stock. I just don't think that there's much he can do to improve his draft stock. And the last thing I want to do is mess with somebody's money. So I will wish him the absolute best if he goes. Uh, I think that's I mean, that's the decision I would make. That's the decision I think most of us would make. I would guess that that's the decision that Hill would make. He will make. We, uh, we won't know for a while, but best of luck to Chuba Hubbard. It was, it was a pleasure watching him play during the regular season this year. Uh, but back to the game, and, and really the season as a whole, 8-4 and four for Oklahoma State. I think that's about where most people had him. I, I, I picked him 8-4 and four prior to the season. Uh, now, I, I thought that maybe one of those losses would be to Iowa State or TCU. Uh, Baylor, I think, certainly was a possibility. I did not think that they would lose the game to Texas Tech. But, you, you know, I see a lot of people come out uh, after the game. I'm, I'm about to get on a rant. How much time do I have here? Uh, I don't have enough time to go on this rant. So why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break, and then we'll come back. Because uh, I just need to vent a little bit about some of the reaction that I saw to Saturday night's game. Because I think some of the reaction to Saturday Saturday night's game is is just pure trash. So let me take a break, come back on the other side, and and then I'll uh, I'll tell you what I think about all that. Uh, I want to remind everyone about Audible. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals 
absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash locked on NBA. And if you're listening on the go, you can visit uh, audible. Uh, pardon me. You can find this and all other offers from locked on sponsors at locked on podcast.com slash offers. Again, that's one word locked on NBA audible.com slash locked on NBA. Also want to welcome Brady Trantham my good friend from the franchise, uh, joining the Locked On family. He'll be hosting Locked On Thunder this season. So make sure as you transition from football brain to basketball brain, as I will be doing here shortly, that you give Brady Trantham a listen on Locked On Thunder. All right, taking a break, coming back on the other side. And I'm going to do kind of a a state of the program and address some of the things that I saw, uh, particularly on social media after the game Saturday and throughout the day yesterday, uh, some things that I just vehemently disagree with. So that's all coming up next. Stay with me here on Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad everyone is with me on this Monday. The football season, regular season is over. We will figure out where Oklahoma State is going bowling on Sunday. Seen a lot of projections, a lot of Texas Bowl uh, projections. We'll see how it all breaks down uh, and where Oklahoma State winds up. I just, fingers crossed, they get a good opponent. You don't get some Eastern Michigan game. Uh, Saw one a couple weeks ago against Texas A&M. I think that would be a lot of fun. So hopefully Oklahoma State gets a good bowl matchup. Again, you can hit me up on Twitter, at Colby J. Powell, at Locked on Pokes. Uh, All right, in that first segment, I could feel myself about to go down a rabbit hole and I didn't have time. So I wanted to take a break reset my brain, and and then address some of the stuff that I saw this weekend. So Oklahoma State goes out. They lose 34-16 Saturday night to Oklahoma. Let me ask you this. Going into that game... You know, I, we got some score predictions, and, and people were predicting Oklahoma State to win. I, I predicted OU to win by a field goal. But I think that we were all of the belief, every single one of us, that if Oklahoma State was going to make this a game, and if Oklahoma State was going to have a chance to pull off the upset, then OU would have had to have made some mistakes. OU would have had to have continued to commit turnovers the way they have been in weeks past. OU would have had to fail to convert on third down. OU on Saturday night, zero turnovers. Six of 11 on third down. 450 total yards. Very efficient through the air. Jalen Hurts, 13 of 16 through the air. And he caught a touchdown pass. Oklahoma didn't miss a field goal. Oklahoma did not make mistakes. Oklahoma State, on the other hand, there were mistakes. Braden Johnson lost a fumble. You lose the turnover battle as a two-touchdown dog at home, you're cooked, man. That's how you get rolled. You lose the turnover battle at home. And then, of course, the Drew Brown interception late. But again, that's fourth down. You don't hold that against him. Um, you, you know, the, the Chuba Hubbard fumbles. It could have it been worse, y'all. Chuba Hubbard fumbled, what was it, three times? And Oklahoma State fell on all three? 
I'm just saying it could have been worse. Oklahoma did not make any mistakes. Oklahoma State did make a few mistakes. And and now what I see is people on social media, uh, you know, quite a few, you know, some some fire Gundy people. Oh, you can't beat OU. You need fire Gundy. Time for the program to take the next step. Time for the program to take the next step. This is all you hear. All you hear from people. Time for the program to take the next step. That is such a load of hot garbage. Oklahoma State, ha- Oklahoma State is – a perennial eight-win team. They win 10 games every few years. And, and some people will say that, that someone like me has a defeatist mentality. That's what people call it. It's a defeatist mentality. No, it's, it's being realistic. College football is not designed for parity. If you are not in the club, you don't get in the club. That's how it works. Who makes the playoff every year? Every year. It is Ohio State. Alabama, Clemson, and Oklahoma, and then usually one of those will miss and somebody else will get in. That's how it works. This year, who's it going to be? It's probably going to be Iowa State, uh, uh, pardon me, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, and then LSU is going to be the team who gets in different this year. That's what it's going to be. That's what college football is. It's not designed for parity. It's not designed for a team like Oklahoma State to win national championships. Stop fooling yourselves. Stop fooling you. If you fire a head coach because you can't beat one team, you know who fired their head coach because they couldn't beat one team? Arkansas. Arkansas fired Brett Bielema because they couldn't beat one team. They weren't Alabama, so they fired their coach. You know what Ole Miss did several years back before all the cheating? They couldn't beat Alabama. They ended up beating them a couple times when they were cheating. They couldn't beat Alabama. Fired their coach. LSU. Les Miles was doing great fired their coach had a couple bad years they get a quarterback for one year so now they've risen to the top and you know what's going to happen next year LSU is going to fall right back in line as a nine and three football team without Joe Burrow maybe 10 and two and Alabama is going to win the SEC and go to the playoff you don't fire your coach because you can't beat one team sure sure Mike Gundy can't beat Oklahoma fine you know who else can't beat Oklahoma Iowa State West Virginia Kansas State Kansas Texas Texas Tech Baylor TCU who, who am I missing here? I'm, I'm missing somebody in the Big 12, I feel like. No one can beat OU on a regular basis. You know why? They're in the club. They're one of the blue bloods of college football. We, we all sit around. We talk about what a great coach Lincoln Riley is, how many NFL offers he's going to have on the table, Heisman winning tr- quarterbacks year after year after year, top 10 recruiting classes. So OU, we all acknowledge, has the best coaches, has the best players in a system that is designed for those who are already great to just stay great. Those who are not great, you know, this isn't a salary cap league. The best schools get the best players. The best schools get the best coaches. Oklahoma State has half the budget for assistant coaches that Oklahoma has, has half the budget for recruiting that Oklahoma has. Stadium holds half the amount of people that Oklahoma Stadium holds. I I, I mean, I I don't know what you people want. I really don't. I really don't. This isn't the NBA where you can be bad for a few years and get some draft picks, and all of a sudden you can land Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. It's not what this is. It's not what this is. Minnesota this year. They lose two games. Minnesota goes 10-2. and Phenomenal year. They're not in the club. They don't have good enough players to go undefeated. They don't have top 10 recruiting classes. You know what's going to happen next year? They're going to win seven games. That's what college football is. Wisconsin, every so often, they'll win 10 or 11. You know what happens? They usually win eight. That's what college football is. 
That's what college football is. You, you know, and, and I see somebody on Twitter tw- tweeted out maybe Saturday night, maybe Sunday. Wow, the most average OU team we've seen in years just wa- waltzed into Stillwater and we got beat by 18. The most average OU team in years, they're going to go to the college football playoff. They're going to have a quarterback at the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Their offensive linemen are built like Mack trucks. They've got the best head coach in the country, or at least one of them, the best offensive mind in the country, certainly. Not to mention, you just lost a Bedlam game in which the Oklahoma State started this season with triplets. Triplets offensively. Spencer Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace. This was supposed to be an explosive, dynamic offense. And you know what? It was finding its legs. And then what happened? Tyler Wallace tears an ACL in practice. Spencer Sanders has a thumb injury. And you waltz into Bedlam against a college football playoff caliber team? And you've got a backup quarterback? You've got a receiving core with no star? I mean, you didn't just lose any old guy out at receiver. You lost a Bolitnikoff caliber wide receiver. Tylen Wallace was on pace to win the Bolitnikoff trophy before he got hurt. And you think you're going to waltz out there and beat an Oklahoma team that doesn't turn the ball over? Just because why? Just because it's your time. You haven't won in a few years, so this is the year you should be able to do it. You know, OU only has a quarterback who's going to finish third in Heisman voting instead of winning the Heisman. So all of a sudden now this year, you should be able to waltz in there with Drew Brown and Dylan Stoner and take down OU. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. I'm just so sick of this crap about, well, you got to take the next step. Well, you got to take the next step. Look, look at this season. Everybody picked Oklahoma State to go 8-4. and four. They went 8-4. and four. You had a freshman quarterback. He, the only bad loss, the only bad loss that you really look back on and say, gosh, that game killed us, is Texas Tech. When Oklahoma State went down to Austin, Texas was playing pretty good football, and Texas was fully healthy. Oklahoma State saw a fully healthy Texas squad in late September. And then everybody catches Texas, you know, missing 15 starters in late October. And they're like, oh, ha, ha, hook them. Oh, these guys suck. Yeah, Oklahoma State caught them fully healthy. The Baylor game, yeah, you, you were up 20 to 10 in the third quarter. Spencer Sanders makes a couple mistakes. Turns out, though, Baylor's a pretty damn good football team. Baylor can play some football. And Matt Rule's a good head coach. And you know what? People are looking down and they're like, oh, well, well Baylor's doing it. Baylor's doing it. And Oklahoma State can't do it. What do, you, what do you mean Baylor's doing it? They did it under Art Bryles whenever they were cheating and had a lot of bad things going on, and now they've done it one year under Matt Rule. And, and just to do it one year under Matt Rule, they had to hit a walk-off field goal against Iowa State. They barely, uh, you, you know, had to have Oklahoma State make mistakes in the second half to win that game. They barely beat West Virginia on a Thursday night at home. They won all the close games. And do you know what's going to happen to Baylor next year? Do you know what Baylor's going to be? They're going to be an eight-win football team. And do you know why? Because unless you're a blue blood and unless you have the best players in the country, that's how it works. You have one great year where everything goes your way. And then you know what happens? You go back to what you are, which is an eight-win football team. And you just try to avoid being Arkansas. I'm sorry. I know people don't want to hear it. I know people want to hoist national championship trophies. That's not how college football is designed. It's just not. Now, maybe if they expand the playoff to eight teams, then you get some non-Blue Bloods in. But with a four-team playoff, it's just the Blue Bloods and then a, a team who, who gets lucky and get, gets all the right breaks all year long. That's going to be LSU this year. 
LSU finally found a quarterback. They've gotten all the right breaks all year long. They caught an injured Tua Tungvaluwa in in the game against Alabama and won that game, and they're going to get to go to the playoff. And a lot of people think LSU is going to win the national championship. LSU ain't winning the national championship. As a matter of fact, LSU is getting beat by Clemson in round one. It's going to be Ohio State and Clemson in the national championship, and the two best teams in the country are going to play for a natty. That's how it works. That's what college football is. Enough with this next step crap. What were you expecting? I mean, I mean, I mean, seriously, there are people who picked Oklahoma State to go eight and four, and Oklahoma State goes eight and four, and they are furious talking about needing to take the next step. What are you talking about? What sport do you think you're watching? Do you think this is the NFL where the Dallas Cowboys have a loaded roster and, and can't be better than five hundred? That's not what this is. This is a team that's not a blue blood that, you know, has a powerhouse 90 miles south, makes it hard to recruit elite players to your school, and they go out and win 8, 9, 10 games every year, and people want to be mad. Go be Arkansas fans. Go root for a two-win football team. I, I just, I can't stand it. Oh, an average, an average OU team walks into Stillwater and we get beat by 18. That ain't an average OU team. I told you last week when we looked at the numbers, OU's a lot better on offense and OU's a lot better on defense. Unless OU makes mistakes, they're going to win the football game. They didn't make mistakes. I don't know what you want Oklahoma State to do. I don't know what you want Drew Brown and Dylan Stoner to do. You lost to a better team. Guess what? Nine times out of ten when you lose Bedlam, you lost to a better team. Stop acting like you should fire the coach because you can't beat one team. You think schools out in the Southeastern Conference should fire their coach if they can't beat Saban? No. That'd be stupid. That'd be ridiculous. Should Michigan fire Harbaugh because he can't beat Ohio State? No. That would be stupid. Jim Harbaugh is averaging four more wins a season than his predecessor. You want to bounce him because he can't beat one of the best programs in the country? No. No. Golly. I feel better. I hope everybody else feels better. I feel better. I needed to get that off my chest. I just, man, been seeing this crap on social media. Take the next step. Take the. Who are you getting in here to take the next step? I mean, I mean, seriously, fire my Gundy crowd. Who, who's taking the next step? You think you're going to go out and get Saban or Day or Orgeron or Dabo or Lincoln? I mean, is that who you think you're bringing in to be the head coach at Oklahoma State? I just don't understand the, the, the unrealistic expectations. Be realistic. This is college football. This is college football. It is a sport that is designed for Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, and Oklahoma to be in the playoff every single year. We don't even let numbers, you know, everybody got so mad about the computers deciding who goes. Now we've got a bunch of people sitting in a room, and I'm telling you, helmet logo matters. We've seen helmet logo matter time and time again. You get into the playoff in large part because of your helmet logo. You get ranked higher in preseason polls because of your helmet logo. Your recruiting classes get ranked higher because of your helmet logo. It's not designed for parity. All right. Oh, deep breath, everybody. Deep breath. Let me know on Twitter. Agree or disagree. If you disagree, that's fine. That's fine. We can talk it out. I'll tweet back at you, at Colby J. Powell, at Locked on Pokes. If you're tired of it and you think something needs to change, let me know why on Twitter, at Colby J. Powell, at Locked on Pokes. But your reasoning better be something other than, well, they can't beat OU. 
Well, neither can Texas or Texas Tech or Baylor or TCU or West Virginia or Iowa State or Kansas State or Kansas. Nobody can. Nobody. You walk in with a backup quarterback. You've got no Bolitnikoff receiver. He's injured. The only team who beat Oklahoma this year scored 48 points. You want to know why? Because they're incredibly explosive on offense. You're not beating them 16-14. to 14. Not how it works against OU. If you're going to beat them, you're going to have to do what Kansas State did, and you're going to have to score 48 points. And OU is going to have to make mistakes. Didn't happen. Didn't ha- oh, Oklahoma State didn't have the capability to score 48 points. Offense isn't explosive enough. You don't have the threat to go downfield. You don't have a dual-threat quarterback who can run. I just don't know what people were really expecting. Out of the game Saturday, out of the whole season, out of the program, I, d- I don't know what you're expecting. So, so tweet me. If you disagree, if you agree, tweet me. At Colby J. Powell, at Locked on Pokes. Let me know. I went way over here on my rant. I'm going to take a break, come back, uh, and, and we'll talk about some OSU basketball, uh, and then we'll get out of here. We'll talk about something fun to close out the show on this Monday, and then we'll call it a day. Stay with me here on Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked on Pokes, wrapping things up here on a Monday. Boy, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. Man, Oklahoma State loses Tylen Wallace, beats TCU with no Tylen Wallace. Kansas comes to town. You go beat West Virginia on the road, an improving West Virginia team, who, by the way, just went down and won in Fort Worth because you know what? Jarrett Dagey can actually play a little bit. In two of the last three weeks, West Virginia went to Kansas State and Fort Worth and won both of those games against teams that they were double-digit underdogs against. Oklahoma State went to West Virginia, beat the Mountaineers with no Spencer Sanders and no Tylen Wallace. People are upset. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. If you, if you just want to be upset, fine. Just be upset. But leave me out of it. Uh, th- there's no way you could be upset about Oklahoma State's performance in the NIT season tip-off. I tell you what, Mike Boynton, he came out on the field, spoke to the fans on, uh, on Saturday night. Mike Boynton is phenomenal, told everyone he was honored to be, to be Oklahoma State's head coach. Uh, if, if you're not going to that game Wednesday night against Georgetown, I mean, make your way up there. This team deserves your support. This team, I mean, they're starting to look like a, a team that could win, you know, 20, 22, 24 games uh, and, and be a mid-seed in the NCAA tournament, maybe somewhere in the 5-9 to nine range. Um, th- this could be a pretty good basketball team. And I'm telling you, folks, watch out for your Anae. This guy is really starting to figure it out offensively, and that makes Oklahoma State dangerous if they've got a 7-footer inside who can really, uh, can, can really play. He had 14 points, 9 rebounds, 4 blocks in the 78 to 37 win over Ole Miss on Friday night in the NIT season tip-off. It was a masterclass from Oklahoma State in just dismantling your opponent. Oklahoma State led 34 to 15 at the half. Ole Miss had come da- had come back two days prior from 21 down against Penn State to win their semifinal game, and Oklahoma State came out and 
put their foot on Ole Miss's throat and did not let up. That's what you have to do when you have a big halftime lead. Oklahoma State outscored Ole Miss 44-22 in the second half to win by 41 points. Oklahoma State was actually a one-point underdog in that game against Ole Miss. It was it was just phenomenal. Cam McGriff finally got off the snide a little bit. He had 15, the 14 for Ine. Lindy Waters had 14. Thomas DeZagua had 11. Likely had nine after his huge performance uh, in the semis against Syracuse. Yorane was named MVP. I- I'm telling you, man, Yorane is fun to watch. He- he's just a big, just seemingly happy-go-lucky guy. Had the biggest smile in the world whenever he went out there to get his MVP trophy uh, after the game on Friday night. So just a phenomenal, phenomenal performance from Oklahoma State. And I I tell you what, uh, just aside from the bowl game, football season now over for the Cowboys. And I am as excited as I've been in a long time for a college basketball season. I I would say you should be as excited right now for this season as you've been uh, since the last year that Marcus Smart, Markel Brown, and LeBron Nash were all together. And that team, actually, you could argue probably underachieved a little bit for the amount of talent that it has on it. This team right now is starting to figure it out, starting to fire on all cylinders. And I'm telling you, Mike Boynton is the guy. I, I just don't see how you could not love Mike Boynton and everything that he brings uh, to the Oklahoma State basketball team. And, and you know what? Another gripe. Since, since I'm complaining and I'm a little fired up on a Monday, Oklahoma State at 7-0 and after just trouncing Syracuse and Ole Miss – what was the score to the uh, What was the score to the Oklahoma State Syracuse game? I forget. Eighty six seventy two. So you go out eighty six seventy two against Syracuse, seventy eight thirty seven against Ole Miss on a neutral court in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center, and then the top twenty five, the AP top twenty five comes out. Oklahoma State nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be. They're in the others receiving votes category. They were fifth among the others receiving votes category. You kidding me? 7-0 with those two dominating wins in Brooklyn. They can't crack the top 25. We've got a one-loss Utah State in the top 25. Two-loss Villanova. Bunch of one-loss teams. Two-loss Seton Hall is ranked 16th in the country. Two-loss Michigan State is ranked 11th in the country. Two-loss Oregon is ranked 13th in the country. I mean, I, I tell you what. These rankings are purely based on what the preseason rankings were. Rank the teams for what they are, not what you thought they were going to be. How is Oklahoma State not in the top 25? Fifth among the others receiving votes at 7-0 and with dominating wins against Syracuse and Ole Miss. That's just, I can't believe, I could not believe this morning whenever I got on and looked that they were not in the top 25. So hopefully uh, another good week and they'll be there. Uh, and it's a great week, really Four great games in a row coming up for Oklahoma State basketball. They've got back-to-back home games Wednesday against Georgetown. That's a 7 o'clock game. That is, unfortunately, an ESPN Plus game. So, everyone, uh, make your make your arrangements to watch that on ESPN Plus. Again, if you can't get to Gallagher-Iba, if you can get to Gallagher-Iba, get there and get GIA rocking. And then on Sunday, not on Saturday, on Sunday at 1 o'clock, Oklahoma State hosts Wichita State, and that game will be on ESPNU. And then no games for a week. The following Sunday, December 15th at 2 o'clock. Oklahoma State is at Houston, which should be a good matchup on ESPN. And then home against Minnesota the following Saturday on ESPN2. And then we'll just about be to conference play. Uh, The last non-conference game will be against Southeastern Louisiana on the 29th. But the next four games, Georgetown, Wichita State, Houston, and Minnesota. So uh, some great basketball on the way from Oklahoma State. Glad everyone was with me today. Uh, Glad I could get some things off my chest. Hit me up on Twitter, at Colby J, 
Powell at Locked on Pokes. At Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. Let me know. You agree, you agree or do you disagree? Do you think uh, Oklahoma State accomplished about what it should have this season? Or do you think they need to fire Mike Gundy and take that next step? Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know. At Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. Thank you for listening. Back tomorrow with another episode. Everyone, have a great Monday. <laughs>